Hey, everybody, friendly reminder to get on our email list for some fun updates coming soon, including details about Rooted SoCal 2023. It's coming. And just a heads up so you can block your calendars. It is going to be in the summer. Um, and the reason for that is because I will be on maternity leave in the spring. So um, if you want to come to our next Rooted SoCal, get on the email list. Also, we got a lot of other fun updates coming January and February for our online community and it's going to be just the coolest and I cannot wait to get it out to you guys like seriously I've been working so hard on this project and when it comes out it is going to be game changing so get on the email list um if you need to figure out where to go for that just go to www.rootedwrkshp.com and you will see an opportunity to get on our email list um, but today we have a Q&A episode for November. I can't wait to dive into your questions. And so without further ado, let's get it rolling. Hey, I'm Danny Purrington, and you're listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. I'm an elopement photographer who loves anything grilled cheese and traveling to weird and wild places around the globe. After being an entrepreneur for four years and building a six-figure business that I love running, I'm here to teach you everything from actionable tips on running a successful and thriving business to what's on my heart and how we can continuously seek to glorify Jesus even in our businesses. So here we go. Are you ready? Welcome to another episode of the Rooted Creative Podcast. Today we have a Q&A episode this week for the month of November. And y'all had some good questions this month. Um, if you want to ask a question next month, be sure to get into our Facebook group, Rooted Creative Community on Facebook. That is where I see all of your questions. And um, we just have a lot of good community questions coming through, even on the feed and in the discussion. So I've pulled some of those um, as well. And I think it's going to be a really insightful episode. And I can't wait. Also, in case you missed it, yes, this Monday, James and I put out a married podcast. You should totally go check it out. It's pretty funny. Um, but also like just a little snippet into our lives and, you know, what we've been up to married for six years and, you know, with Liam and another on the way. So yeah, go check out that episode has nothing to do with business, but it's just a good listen. If you're married or looking for relationship advice or whatever, not to say we have the best advice, but we do have advice. <laughs> Anyway, so go check out that episode, but um, I'm excited to dive into your questions today. I'm basically going to read them as if the person is asking so that you get the full picture. I did not really, um, what's the word? I didn't summarize these questions because I feel like it's important to hear the whole question in order to answer it. So some of these are a little long, but I'm excited to dive in. So let's get to it. Okay. So the first question is from Kailani from the Facebook group. She says, hi, I just had a consultation call with a military couple and she asked me a question that I have never been asked before. So I wanted to reach out to other photographers to see if they've had to deal with the situation or what their intuition on the matter would be. She said there's a small chance her fiance could be deployed. He said it's a very small chance, but it's happened before to others as they'd have to reschedule their wedding and wanted to know how I'd handle that situation. I told her if there was more than a month's notice, she'd only have to pay a rescheduling fee of $350. But if there was less than a month's notice, they would have to rebook by paying the retainer again. I can see how that would definitely be a difficult, different situation, though, if that were to come up because it isn't like they're rescheduling because they want to reschedule. 
he literally just wouldn't be able to control that situation. So I see it from both sides. Thoughts? Yeah, this is definitely like a tough situation. Um, I think it's it's good to first look over your contract and make sure you know what your contract says about rescheduling. If you do have a rescheduling fee, what are the um, the uh, what does it say in the clause about that? What's required of that um, to to have the fee? And if the we if the fee was waived from a personal. Hmm, from a personal standpoint, I would probably say if they have to reschedule and it's more than a month out, then the rescheduling fee makes sense. However, I think from a personal standpoint, because it is military and because they don't have control over it, part of me almost feels like giving them a free waived fee to almost incentivize them to book me, but also to say, Hey, like I see you and I appreciate everything you're doing for our country. Like I normally don't waive this fee, but because I understand the circumstance, I'm willing to waive it if we have to reschedule once, but anytime after that, it will be that $350 or rebooking, whatever your contract says. Now, Kailani is saying that she has the rescheduling fee of 350. And then if it's less than a month's notice, then they have to actually rebook by paying the retainer again. So if it's less than a month's notice, um, that's tough, obviously, because you've saved that date the entire, I mean, I'm thinking from the perspective of a photographer, right? Like you've saved that date for pretty much the whole year or however long they've had you booked. And so you've said potentially no to other jobs, right? And so that is money that you're missing out on, especially if their wedding is going to turn out being like the next year and it's going to be a ways away. So I do see the rebooking thing. However, I would still keep the retainer that they had paid as a credit and I would just require them to pay either the full amount for their wedding or another quarter of that um, because or the difference in what your pay would be next year because it seems to be we all raise our prices each year. And if you're not doing that, I can I would consider doing that because each year it's important to raise your prices and consider your experience that next year. So I would say like, okay, if we have, if it's less than a month out and we're going to be rescheduling like next year and not just like a couple weeks out from our original date, then, um, I would have them pay the rescheduling fee because it's less than a month out. Um, if it's the first time I wouldn't, but I would have them pay the remainder of their wedding so that I'm not missing out on that income. And then if it is next year, I would add on the difference of what the new price would be. So if I raise my prices from like 6,500 to 7,200, right? I would have them pay that difference on top of paying the full amount for the wedding so that I'm still kind of making what I need to and charging what I need to, but also still trying to understand that their situation is kind of out of their hands and it's not something that they really control. That's definitely a difficult situation. I guess my first um, recommendation for anyone listening or in this situation would be to follow your heart and what you feel is right. Even though our contract says one thing, sometimes it's better to kind of just do the nicer thing. And, you know, that's why I'm like, I'm willing to waive the first reschedule. Um, however, if it's less than a month out, like I'll have you pay the full remaining of your wedding and then we'll go from there. Um, so I hope that that answers your question, Kailani. That's definitely a difficult one. And 
one that I think is a rarer situation, but when it does happen, I think we need to be a little more understanding just because yes, it isn't their fault. And I think it's better to almost have happier couples and clients than it is to have the money in the long run, right? We want our couples to be happy. We want those good reviews and we want to go above and beyond, but also not sacrifice our work in the meantime with that. So I think to each their own, but that's personally how I would go about that situation. Okay. Um, Let's see. Our next question is from Emery. She says, hi, friends. Due to the devastation over here in Southwest Florida after Hurricane Ian, my husband and I are likely moving to the Northern Virginia slash Washington, D.C. area in the next couple of months, which of course means I will need to relocate my business. I was wondering if anyone had any advice for moving a photography business across states. My primary sell here was a tourist beachy sessions. I do weddings as well, but more sparingly. I was also wondering if anyone lived in that area and was looking for a second shooter as she gets settled up there. Okay. So, so what you're saying, Emery, is you, you've kind of sold yourself on the beach type feel. And now that you're moving to Northern Virginia and Washington, it's not necessarily a beach type city. So now I guess your content has to change a little bit. My first recommendation is, even if you haven't moved yet is to just go out to the area that you're going to be shooting at and going to be living in and get familiar with it. Start building your content immediately out there so that you can start marketing it appropriately. While it is different than the beach sessions and you know what you're used to shooting, I think you're still going to have a lot of success if you can go and start shooting in those locations and start marketing those locations specifically and phasing out more of those beach stuff. Um, and now it's not to say if you're open to flying back to Florida and first of all, I just want to say hurricane Ian was awful. And to anyone who was affected by hurricane Ian, I'm so sorry. And we've been praying for you. My sisters live in Florida and I heard all about it. So, um, just a side note, but if you live in Florida, we are praying for you. And if you need any help with anything, please reach out to our community. I'm sure we are happy to help. Um, but all of that to say, even if you still love doing the touristy beach sessions, if you're open to flying back to Florida, even when you're living in Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C., maybe you plan like a week or two to go back to Florida, have all of those sessions so that you're still making that money doing the sessions that you're used to. But then in the meantime, scheduling more of those shoots to you know be in that Northern Virginia area. So eventually you can start phasing out of Florida because I think it's not just going to be like a cold turkey, like, okay, we're stopping shooting in Florida. Now we're just going to go hardcore into Northern Virginia shoots. No, I think you need to like slowly phase out. Um, an example of this is Alyssa, who comes to our Rooted Workshops, Alyssa Sanchez, um, Alyssa Burke Photo. If you follow her on Instagram, she moved from San Diego up to Seattle and then back to San Diego once they got married. But once she originally moved to Seattle, she was literally flying back and forth from San Diego to Seattle for like a whole year because she was going up there to build her content in Seattle, but she still had her the majority of her work in San Diego as well. And that's, I think, important because you still want to be able to pay your bills. You don't just want to like jump into something and not have any income coming in because then you're going to be in a difficult situation. So I think like don't say no to those Florida sessions. But eventually, as you start marketing yourself to those Northern Virginia things and sessions, right, eventually the Florida stuff will start to phase out. 
And if that's your goal in the long run, I think that's the best way to do it. But it might require you taking a couple trips back to Florida here and there just to get those sessions done and, um, and get the money for that as well. So I hope, Emery, that makes sense. That is my overall recommendation um, when moving places is to just slowly phase into it, but also go out and start planning in advance all of your marketing strategy for the place that you're going to be living um, if you're looking to shoot locally. So, okay. Our next question is from Emily. She asks, what companies do you suggest for printing photos for clients? Oh yeah. Let's talk about prints. Okay. So I use PicTime, who is my gallery delivery software. I love them. I have to say I used Pixie Set for a while. I haven't used them since like 2018. I think I switched to PicTime. So I've been using them for a while. Um, and the main difference that I saw when I switched to PicTime was their campaign strategy for getting prints sold. So your question is, what companies do you suggest for printing photos? Well, I actually go through pick time with my labs. And the main labs that I love to use are QT albums. They have really unique stuff um, for albums, like really unique little books and, and things, like leather-bound, like distressed type looking paper. And I really love that. So I have them. Um, also, their quality is great. I also have used Bay Photo lab in the past for personal gifts. And I've loved how the photos turn out with those as well. Um, Miller's is a great one, Miller's lab. And I know a lot of photographers in our Facebook group also use Miller's. I, I want to say Miller's is connected to pick time, but I need to double check that. Um, I believe it is because I use them and they're also great. And then for albums, I use red tree albums and also QT albums. So I, I got to say, though, a lot of my income does come from prints, and that's mostly just because I'm running campaigns, like especially now during the holidays. I'm running like holiday card campaigns, um, you know, like Black Friday deals and all of that good stuff that people want photos for or, you know, they want to buy an album for their husband or their daughter, you know, whoever. And so that type of stuff brings in a lot of passive income for me, which is great all I need to do is just set up the marketing campaign within pick time. And I could go on about that, but it's a great way to bring in some extra cash if you're looking for other ways to make passive income. So I think Pixie Set did roll out with a marketing strategy. Um, I have not personally tested it, but pick time, in my opinion, like does it great. And it brings in a solid amount of money for me each year. So happy with it. Okay. Um, Christina is asking, who do y'all use for website hosting slash design slash blogging? Um, I know they may, may be in one place or different platforms. Thanks. Yeah. So I use show it personally, um, for hosting, for design, for, for blogging show it actually connects with WordPress, which I also love because WordPress, I think arguably has some of the best SEO for blogs. Um, so you kind of get the best of both worlds because I think WordPress, if you do it right, and I, I am not well-versed in WordPress because um, if you're using WordPress as like your hostings for your website, I'm not super well-versed in WordPress. And I think it can be a little confusing to someone who doesn't know like HTML code or have a template and it's harder to kind of personalize. Correct me if I'm wrong. If anyone has WordPress, like come, come chat with me because from my experience, I, it's just seemed really difficult. Um, and so 
But the benefits with WordPress are that they have great SEO opportunities. So I think the in-between though, between WordPress and then I would say Squarespace, which is just real basic. Like if you wanted to go really basic, you don't have much to go off of. You don't really know web design at all. Squarespace is a good option, but there are limitations to what you can customize as far as like look and um, where you want things specifically on like mobile. And I think the in-between then between Squarespace and WordPress is show it. So I think show it is the greatest in-between where you can customize so much um, on a desktop view and on mobile view, you can literally drag where you want your button to go. Or if you have like an image of a flower or, you know, you can just customize the crap out of it. And I think that's why I love show it because I am just like a perfectionist and I, you know, have had a lot of experience with web design. So I feel like I flourish with show it. And I know that a lot of photographers are actually switching from um, Squarespace to show it. I think that's been the major migration recently. So, um, I have to say I do love show it and the SEO that comes with show it is great as well. Because again, like I said, you have the word, the WordPress blog, um, show it connects with WordPress for the blog. And so you're technically using both platforms, um, but just the blog for WordPress. So, I love it. Um, highly recommend show it. Squarespace is great if, uh, like I said, you don't have a lot of web design experience and you just want a simple template and you just want to build out a website. But personally, I think like if you're going to go all out with your SEO strategy and have a website that's just wow, show it. And then buying a template um, within show it or for show it is going to go way farther. Um, I know some people use like flow themes for WordPress. That was really popular a couple years ago. I don't know how popular it is anymore. I feel like show it has been the top of the trend lately just because it's really easy to customize and make it your own and not look like everybody else's website, if that makes sense, which is important. You want to stand out. So, um, I think show it the top three WordPress show it. Squarespace. If you're using something like Wix or Weebly or gosh, I don't even know what the other ones are. I wouldn't necessarily recommend them. Um, if you're using Pixie Set as a website, I've seen that one too. I wouldn't recommend that as well. I just think the SEO opportunity for those websites is really lacking. Um, and so if you're really trying to be found organically on Google with your blogs and all of that stuff, you're definitely going to try. You're definitely going to want to look into something like Squarespace, show it or WordPress but that's just my personal opinion. Um, and just from what I've seen works from other photographer websites and just other business owner websites in general. <laughs> um, so Emily, I hope that answers your question. Okay. I'm sorry, Christina, not Emily. All right. I think we are down to our last question that I've gotten for the month of November. These have all been really great. Um, and I, I don't know, I think that military one, even from the beginning of this episode still has me a little like, what I what would I really do? And I, I I think I still keep going back to I would waive the fee, the rescheduling fee, and then I would if they have to reschedule less than a month out, I would ask for the full payment and then the difference of what it would cost um, for next year when I rose my prices. All right, um, let's go on. Kylie is asking. I went right from my original camera, Rebel T Seven to the R6 last year. I've heard a lot of people going back to DSLR because they like the mirrorless. They think the mirrorless is too sharp. 
I'm curious about making something like the 5D Mark III or IV a good backup, or are they too old now? Or would my R6 pictures not blend well on a gallery with them, etc.? So kind of generally asking what pros and cons would, would that be? Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I don't think the 5D Mark III is too old because I still am shooting with that as my primary camera. Don't come at me. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. I, okay. So I have shot with second shooters who have used an R5 and an R6. And I got to tell you that it does look pretty similar. There is a difference in sharpness quality, um, but it's not super noticeable. Like I think if anything is more noticeable, it's the colors. I think the 5D Mark III and IV have different color profiles than the R6 or the R5 because um, they're just more vibrant to me. And that's why I think I just haven't upgraded because I just love the 5D Mark III colors so much. However, I love the sharpness with the new R6 and R5. So I think I think next year I'm going to be upgrading one of my cameras and still having my 5D Mark III as a backup. Um, and then using the either the R6 or the R5, I haven't decided yet, um, as my primary. And I think they just announced they're coming out with a Mark II for the R6. And so that kind of sold me because then I was like, well, then I can get the newest of the new <laughs> and like any bugs that were, you know, coming out with the first one, hopefully are fixed with the second one or who knows. So I think that's where I'm leaning, but I, I definitely would say that you're going to be fine. I think if you use the five D Mark three as a backup or the four, um, because they're still generally it's, it's all Canon. They're all the same. You do have very similar col color profiles, but I will say that the editing does take a little longer um, because of the color profiles. So your presets will look different, which is just normal with any camera upgrade. I think when people switched from the Mark III to the Mark IV, there was a lot of changes too. So, you know, I think in general, if you're going to shoot um, with two, you definitely don't need two R6s or R5s. Like, I think that's a little unnecessary just because they're so versatile and they just came out with the um, 28 to 70 lens, the 2.1 I don't know. It, it's low in aperture and it's like super expensive, but it's like, if you only need one lens for the whole day, it's just that one because it's probably really, I've heard it's really sharp. It can go down to like 2.0 aperture, which is great. And, um, you know, if you need one camera for the day, you just primarily shoot on that one, but you have the Mark three, maybe in your bag as a backup, just in case, you know, something happens with your R6 or you want to shoot with two, which I wouldn't see necessary if you've got a, um, like a 28 to 70 lens on. Anyway, I think my plan for next year, just personally, Kylie, if you're listening, is I'm going to have the R6 or the R5 once I decide which one I want. I'm probably going to get the new R6 coming out. And then um, I'm going to have my Mark III in my camera bag as a backup, but primarily shoot with just one camera on wedding days, which is a little scary. I've never done that before, but I think if I have the 28 to 70 or 24 to 70, I don't know what the exact specs are on that. Um, if I have that lens and I have my new camera, I'm going to be set. Like I don't need anything else. So that's my personal opinion. And um, I think that's where I'm headed. I think personally with my camera setup and I'm excited for it, especially on elopement days. Like I just, I'm so over carrying two cameras. It's just too much. It's too heavy and it's too much. So 
<laughs> anyway, um, well, you guys, that has been the Q&A episode for November. Um, I have a couple of really fun episodes coming out this month and also in December. Although December, just to give you a heads up, it is the holidays. So the podcast will be not as uh, often, I guess I'll say, just because we will be on vacation. So I'm going to try and batch them out for y'all so you guys have something to listen to. But it is the holidays, so go enjoy time with your family as we're getting closer to Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hopefully your season is winding down and you are able to enjoy family time. You know, if you have to edit, edit when you can, but don't let it take up the majority of your time because time with family is short. So enjoy it. Enjoy the holidays. Um, and yeah, make sure you're in our Facebook group for our December Q&A, Rooted Creative Community on Facebook. Also, the link is in the description of this episode. And until next week, I will chat with you guys later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more tips and leave a review to help get the word out about our podcast. Resources and notes about what we talked about today are also available at www.rootedwrkshp.com slash show notes, all for free. I'm so excited you tuned in today and I can't wait to share more with you soon. Until next time and God bless.